I'm Tanya Overway, and I have the pleasure of introducing Reverend Dr. Richard Ziley to our graduates today. If I could have you for a moment uh, take out your cell phones and make sure that those are on vibrate, we won't interrupt him while he is uh, speaking to our graduates. Dr. Ziley is an elected member of the Michigan Board of Education. He has served as pastor and headmaster at St. John's Lutheran Church and School in Taylor, Michigan. He is an adjunct professor at Concordia University in Ann Arbor. He served as president of Detroit's Woodward Academy and has worked on the Michigan Civil Rights Initiative and as a member of the NAACP. Dr. Ziley is also a veteran at graduating. He has earned his bachelor's from Belfrazo. He earned his master's in education at University of Michigan's Rackham School. He studied church history at Harvard Divinity School and liturgics at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. He earned his educational specialist degree in educational leadership from Wayne State University and studied Christian education at Detroit's Ecumenical Theological Seminary. And before all of that, he graduated from high school at Detroit Lutheran High School West. He went through a lot of school, but in addition, he graduated with a degree from each. This man knows what it means to graduate. Please welcome Reverend Dr. Richard Ziley. Thank you, Mrs. Overway. I appreciate that. Uh, graduates, I want to show you the uh, dress I prepared. I, I showed it to one of your English teachers, and you can see what happened. I've always had a problem with basic spelling and things like that. I even misspelled my name in the program here. It should be Z. E-I-L-E. You know, if you've studied German, you know they have a rule when two vowels go walking, the second one does the talking. There. You know, it takes me back to my own high school graduation, especially the choir. I sang in the choir. I, I hated school for, you know, for uh, 11 years. And then I finally, finally started to get the hang of it in high school. And, and I started to enjoy things the second half of my sophomore year, and then it was over. I don't know how many of you have that experience. I wanted to, um, I was told when I came up to your door, one of your teachers came up and said how proud they were of this particular class. There's a good many of you who are going to college and many of you are going on to other programs. The remarks I wanted to make today are addressed to both the college-bound and those who are not. Because you all have the same challenge. And if no one has put it to you this clearly, let me put it to you. You have to stop and think, why, why do people get paid? You know, you, your folks have got jobs and some of you have got jobs. Why do people get paid? I'll tell you. You get paid because you can do something better or easier than someone else can. And so he or she will pay you to do that for them. And that's your challenge, whether you're going on to more school or you're going into the military, like my son did, 
Dad, I don't want to go to college. I want to join the Marines. Okay, well, I want to join the infantry. Oy, oy, oy. Um, well, he survived a stint in Afghanistan and is now in Korea translating stuff. They made him learn Korean in the Marines. Dad, I joined the Marines because they didn't want to go to school and they're making me go to school. Things don't always turn out the way you plan, son. So your task is to figure out what will you do so well that others will pay you to do it. Now, some of you have made a start. You know, some of you know how to make fries and burgers better than I. So I would pay you to do that for me. It's, it's built into the cost of the fast food. You know, some of you, and it's, you know, we make fun of the people who make burgers and fries. I don't know why we do that. When I taught, I, I made it very clear. You've got to respect the people who can do things you can't. There's a guy named Dave Thomas, a poor orphan who started out life making burgers and fries. And then he named his corporation after his daughter, Wendy's. So don't look down on people who can do things that you don't know how to do. Now some of you can shovel snow or cut grass more easily and more quickly than I, so I would gladly pay you to do that. An elder in my church got laid off at age 50. He ended up using those skills to put together his own business. And while he's not making as much money as he did before, he's getting a whole lot more exercise. He's probably going to live another 15 years because of this job change. So don't look down on the skills that people actually pay you for. Now one traditional option that no one speaks about much anymore is the homemaker option. At one time this was the preferred option for women and it is still available for a limited few, both men as well as women, who know who to marry. I'll say more about that later. Okay. So let's return to the question, what will you learn to do so well that others will pay you? And here's a clue for you. Much or most of this learning does not happen in school. I don't know if someone ever told you that school was for job preparation. They are thoroughly mistaken. It's a mistake we hear the politicians repeating in the media, but that's not what school is for. Schooling does something more important. Your schooling, which we celebrate today, and incidentally is mostly required by law, has the purpose of helping you understand the world around you. You see, by reading, you can access the experiences of others, benefit from their experience, maybe avoid their mistakes. By math, you can understand your own budget, what you can afford, what you maybe better save for, so you don't spend your life as a slave to some credit card company. Education helps you access the experience of others, even those parents you've been trying to figure out, maybe even that boyfriend or girlfriend you can't understand. Yes, education helps you see the meaning in life. It makes your own life more meaningful. The fact that education may give you a few skills and knowledge you can use to earn a living is a bonus. Let's not forget the real purpose of education. 
It enriches our lives and makes us different people. Now, do you know that there are certain kinds of people in the long run who tend to be more prosperous than others? I would venture to say that everyone gathered in this gym, except for maybe your little brother, is hoping that you will lead a successful and prosperous life. And there have been studies on this. Charles Murray, whose research has influenced social legislation in the 1990s, has recently released a study of Americans that found that four values characterize those who, like President Obama, enjoy a high standard of living, the envy of people the world over. I mentioned President Obama because if you've read his autobiography, you know that his mother rejected one or more of these values and so this poor man, our president, was raised in poverty, by, usually by people who weren't his parents. But he himself has embraced these values in his life, truthfulness, honesty in money, a work ethic and fidelity, which is faithfulness in marriage. And Charles Murray has shown that by and large, prosperous people have these values. And by and large, those who are not prosperous have rejected one or more of them. Let's consider a few of these. First is truthfulness. Are you friends with someone who lies? Come on, everyone in high school is. He's the class clown, the class gossip. They can be very entertaining. And let's face it, school is boring. The main thing you learn in, in traditional school is waiting your turn. So someone who can pass the time by telling stories or that sort of thing becomes kind of popular. Lying is good for entertainment, but not so much for getting things done. I recently saw an interview of David Letterman, I hope none of you stay up to watch his show, um, who admitted that comedians basically make fun out of whoever is vulnerable at the time. A behavior that we would, if you did it at school, we call it bullying, but if you do it on late night TV, we, we call them celebrities. Okay. Now, when we lie, we have more to remember. You know, who did I tell what? What will I tell her about what I told him? What a tangled web we weave when first we venture to deceive. So tell the truth. You'll have less to remember. Furthermore, the real danger in lying is that we begin to believe our own lies. And this is the beginning of insanity, the failure to distinguish reality from the unreal. I first confronted this when I taught high school. There was a kid who threw a pencil. I said, Jim, you threw the pencil. He said, I didn't throw the pencil. But, but Billy saw you throw the pencil. He's lying. I saw you throw the pencil. You're lying. I said, what if I told you I had it on, uh, I had photographed it. He said, the camera would be lying. Well, he was on the road to insanity, the inability to tell, even admit to himself what was real and what was not. 
It may surprise you to learn that lying is against the law in some instances. There are people who lie and get away with it for years until they're caught up on plagiarism. There are folks who imagine, who tell lies to everyone else until they had lied to a policeman and they find out it becomes very serious legal matter. If you've been following the fate of poor George Zimmerman, you know that he has jeopardized his defense in a murder charge because he fibbed uh, to the judge. Lying destroys trust. Be trustworthy. The second value that characterizes people who prosper in the long run is honesty in handling money and possessions. Clearly this is related to truthfulness. Are you friends with someone who lacks honesty? It seems no big deal until your car turns up missing or mysterious charges appear on your credit card. Drug use, alcoholism, compulsive gambling are all associated with those whose handling of money or others' possessions is less than trustworthy. I knew a young man who, whose father-in-law gave him a thousand dollars every Christmas without fail. In one visit he happened to pick up his father-in-law's credit card and six hundred dollars worth of charges appeared on that credit card. They know because the charges appeared uh, in a store in the hometown of this young man's own father. And although it was never brought to court, I can tell you his father-in-law stopped inviting him over and doesn't give him the gift for Christmas anymore. Dishonesty destroys friendships, trust, relationships. It's also bad business. I knew a woman who was making 40000 a year, handling money for a company. She somehow managed to filch $2,000 of it. She lost the job. That was about two weeks' pay for her. And she lost it because she couldn't be honest in handling that much money for her job. Dishonesty is against the law generally, particularly as laws were first developed primarily to regulate marketplace transactions, buying and selling. Along with truthfulness, honesty is one of the prime things people look for when deciding who they're going to pay for services. If you're going to do what you do so well that people will pay you for it, they want to know that you're truthful about what you can do and honest about what you're going to charge them for. The third value that characterizes prosperous people in the long run is a work ethic. It makes sense that those who work more generally get more. And furthermore, those who generally get better, who, who work more, get better at what they're doing and become more efficient, able to do things better and faster than others, which is why I get paid to do it in the first place. When I taught middle school, I asked my, my students what other people would pay them to do. And the shortest kid in the class joyfully said, basketball. Well... Not only was he the shortest kid in the class, he was one of the laziest kids in the class, and I, 
I had to explain to him that professional athletes work 8 to 10 hours at their craft to keep their skills up and their strength. You know, you have to work hard to excel at whatever you do. And this applies in areas where you might not expect. Guys, do you know how much time and effort it takes for the women around you to look good? A word of appreciation is always in order, but be careful how you say it. I once said to my sister, wow, it took a lot of work to get you to look like that. And she smacked me. Um, so you have to be careful how you say it, but a, a word of appreciation is always, always in order. Now, someone who sees work that could be done and assumes the risk of doing it is what we call an entrepreneur. The people who create new businesses. Folks like, folks like um, Stephen Jobs who dropped out of school to work on computers. He put in a lot of work and effort before he came up with a product that would sell. But then he sold a lot of them. You have to have enough faith in yourself and in your work to work that hard to reap a profit at the end of it. And that brings me back to the homemaker. We don't always recognize that the homemaker is a kind of entrepreneur. There are conventional tasks that the homemaker does, but much of what the homemaker does is what you see and discover to do for yourself. I mentioned that this is an option that's increasingly open to men. My nephew married a doctor and she spends all of her time worrying about other people's heart conditions. So he takes care of their two daughters, managing the finances, the social calendar, preparing the meals. It takes a lot of work, especially when children are involved. We need to respect those who work for us, especially if they happen to be a member of our own family. You can start today with your moms and dads. Now those who lack a work ethic may drift through life, but they do not prosper. Last I checked, laziness is not a crime, but only a fireable offense, which can lose you your job, and the respect of those who depend on you. And speaking of those who depend on you leads to the fourth value of those who on average are prospering. And that value is fidelity, faithfulness in marriage. This value has become controversial in some circles and is an open joke on many television shows. Everyone thinks that faithfulness in marriage is a joke until they get married and then whether you live with a person who is on your side makes all the difference in the world. Which raises a good question. What have you done with the uh, folks you live with? Have you made them your friends or have you made them your enemies? This is a skill and a value you can take home and practice right now. Because in marriage, few things are as upsetting as being cheated on. And marriage problems, especially when you share children, can consume your life, not to mention your money and your health. 
So if you marry, practice fidelity, that is faithfulness and loyalty to your partner sexually, socially, and personally. Keep your promises. Now, people today are writing their own promises, their own vows before they get married. I don't care what you promise, but keep your promise, especially to the person you say you want to spend your life with. Your children will benefit the most from your example, an example of how to treat people you love, how to work out differences, and just from your being an emotionally stable, that is, reliable person. Now, fidelity in marriage has two things to do with prosperity in the long run. The first has to do with economics. If two can live as cheaply as one, that means that when the two split up, expenses almost double. And a lot of money goes to your attorneys. As the one comic says, you know, we had an equitable divorce. Her lawyer got the car and my lawyer got the house. Okay. I see some of you get it, yes. And, um, furthermore, the, the individual who has children usually loses time from work and has extra costs uh, with having, taking care of those children. And I don't have to tell you that that parent is usually the mother. And may I also observe that women who have children outside of marriage have already sunk into the poverty level, statistically speaking. So if you want prosperity, you will value fidelity, faithfulness in marriage. And the other consideration in connection with fidelity in marriage has to do with the other values we've been speaking of. Can you be truthful to everybody but your spouse? Can you be honest with everyone accepting the person you, sell, you share children with? Gandhi, the great liberator of India, said that you can't be in one part of your life what you aren't in the others. If you do not practice honesty and truthfulness at home, if you're not willing to work at your most important commitment, will you be able to do so in other parts of your life? The big pattern suggests not. A counterfeit bill looks good, but it's not what it appears to be. Don't lead a counterfeit life. And when you think about it, these four qualities, truthfulness, honesty, a work ethic, and fidelity, are things we value in people when we want to get anything done. You've worked together on floats in the fall, on a charity project throughout the year, on individual class assignments. The class clown was enjoyable when you had some time to kill, but wasting time in class when you have to get a project done is annoying and counterproductive. Then you learn to value the folks who had a work ethic, who spoke truthfully, who were honest and faithful in their relationships. Practice these qualities at home with your parents, siblings, and friends. They will serve you well in the days ahead. Whether you continue schooling or plunge into the economic world, combined with that thing you do so well that others will pay you for it, you will have a life worth living and that will benefit all around you.
Booker T. Washington was born in slavery and only became free as a result of the Civil War. He got himself an education and taught other freedmen, former slaves, to find a place in the American South after the experience of slavery. Racial, racial prejudice seemed like it would never be overcome, and some would say that still today. But Booker T. Washington taught his students these values of which we've been speaking and said that their fortunes were in their own hands. Become the best carpenter in your community and even the most prejudiced people will want you to build their porches. You too can overcome life's challenges if you value truth, honesty, family, and work. And if we value these qualities in others, how much more should we value them in ourselves? Congratulations to you of the class of 2012 Springport High School. May God richly bless your futures. about 20, 25 minutes.